Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Great Answer Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me as always, my co-host aside. What's up? What's up, man? And on today's episode, we have a guest with us. He is a defensive back for the Murcia Cobras in the Spanish League. It is Jonathan Johansson. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys reaching out to me. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah. So let's start here. here. Let's start here. How did you get started with football? Where did it start out? How did it come about? Uh, for me, it started back in uh, basically the, the glory days of Ekebi Grace uh, outside Helsingborg. Uh, I was 10 at the moment, uh, but uh, my, uh, my sister's boyfriend uh, dragged me to a practice. And um, yeah, I just started from there. And uh, I joined the... Uh, U16 team when I was 10, and then the year after we started a, a U15. So you started pretty early. I pretty I started super early actually. Um, so yeah, this year would be my 17th season. Wow, you've got a few years on me. Then. I think I'm at like 15 or 16. Yeah, not 20 anymore, guys. <laughs> You're getting old. Yeah, no, no. But it's actually really impressive that AKB had a team. To the people who don't know, AKB is a pretty small town, village. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a village. It's like, what, like 3,000, 4,000 people? Yeah, and a good um, month. And um, back in the U16 days of uh, AKB, they were actually a pretty, uh, um, pretty good team. Yeah, I, I remember uh, my brother, he always had the uh, it could be teams to play against when he was a youth uh, so he's born in 1990 I think he had a pretty big group of kids born 9091 that area they did and they had pretty uh, good players as well like um, pretty big names at that time and uh, in Swedish American football like Ewald uh, Sunson uh, later went to call the Crusaders and had a great season there until he blew out his knee um, we got like the 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 Skona, uh, Skona dudes, uh, Marcus Anderson, uh, Nicholas Anderson. That used to be pretty big names back in the days. Yeah, and, and some of the, those guys still play or played up until recently, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, Nicholas Anderson played uh, played last year for uh, Helsingborg Redbucks or Jaguars. So yeah, he's he's still he's still out there. After it, yeah. you switched to Limham, right, for one season, I think. Yeah. So uh, that year we had a, a farmer deal with the Limham Griffins as they um, they went up to the Super Series. Um, but that was uh, maybe what four years ago, five maybe. Yeah. Yeah. When was that? When they went up? Was that around twenty fifteen or so? Yeah, it must have been, I think it was the, um, yeah, it must have been 15 or 16. And then I went over there, 17, I think, if I remember it correctly. How was yeah, the switch? So, I'm sorry, what? AKB, how was the switch from AKB to the Super Series? It was it was a big jump, to be honest. Like, AKB, like uh, a, a small town like not really a big organization 
and then I came down to uh, Limham, uh, and that under that time they were they were coached by Greg Gibson, who is uh, a very structured coach uh, with like um, with great experience. And then my first game in the Super Series, I I played Elbrou uh, Black Knights away when they had uh, Johnny Knox. So it, it went from like playing playing like decent football to play to play a, an American uh, that is like is two different worlds. So you can't read it the same way, really. You get honest, more true to your assignment. Um, gives you a, a lot. A lot. I would assume it's a lot easier to read the eyes of an inexperienced Swedish quarterback compared to an American import come over. Exactly. And, and that's the thing as well. Like you can't read the eyes the same way. You got to stay a lot more true and honest to your assignments. You, you can't free ball it like you, you can a little bit in the division one. Uh, and also Johnny Knox is, has always been a, a big dual threat. So you need to have, you need to kind of have one eye on the receiver, one eye on him all the time, which is super challenging. So the jump was pretty, pretty big, I'd say. And also coming from a team that uh, always been like 18 guys at the, on the roster to join a team that you kind of have to fight for your spot a little bit uh, with uh, like a 30, 35 man roster. It's a whole different uh, kind of football when you reach those numbers. Yeah, because I'm guessing you you had never experienced being on a roster with like 30 plus guys before in Yankee No, not before Limham. Uh, always used to playing both ways, kickoff, oh, yeah. kickoff returns. God, yeah, like my my U17 year, I I doubled as a quarterback and a linebacker. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that seems about right for a small town uh, yeah. U-17 team. Yeah. Listen, I started at a quarterback at U-17, so. Oh, damn. Yeah. Ask uh, me but, about but my no, quarterback like, career. The, the only uh, real like experience I, I had of that was uh, back in the day when we used to play the district championship. Um, I was with oh, right. uh, yeah. Team Skjona for for two years, I think. Um, yeah, and then we had, then we were like, of course, like a, a big, big team. You had to really fight for, for a spot. Yeah, they they put together teams of the of the very best players within a district, and then they, the SAF would arrange a tournament between the districts. Why I've did heard they stop doing that? Yeah, that, that is a shame. That is a shame they stopped doing that because. I remember that was so much fun, like kind of playing with all your like enemies, so to say, like uh, uh, you got like friends of all this, uh, all the other teams. Like I remember back in the day, uh, there was a lot of uh, talents out of Krikwansta, like uh, Jonathan Gill, uh, Chris Gillian. It was like dudes, like, d dudes that you know, and now you get to play with them instead of against them. And Playing with Jonathan Gill is a lot more fun than playing against him. I can imagine that. I've never played against him, and I don't think I would want to. <laughs> uh, that's a shifty dude. Yeah, dude can ball. Then after Limham, where you you went to Ukraine? Yeah, I was in Ukraine last year. Um, 
on my first uh, European contract. How was that experience? It was very, very different, but it was so much fun at the same time. Uh, I was with uh, a team called uh, the Kiev Patriots, um, which is a fairly young team, but uh, it's a it's a good organization. Like uh, it was, um, they were very wel- welcoming. Like all the guys and uh, and uh, most of all the staff. Like a big shout out to Coach Alfie uh, and uh, the the president Yuri. Really great guys, and I, I love playing under them. Um, but like culture wise, it was way different from Sweden uh, coming into Eastern Europe. Uh, but it was like Sweden group. only family members in the stands or is there actually fans? No, nah, there weren't many fans. Like, um, no, there weren't really fans. Like it was basically friends. Most of all, like family members, not even, um, it was mostly like friends and like old players, that kind of stuff. It's kind of unknown there. So it's like Sweden. It's like Sweden. Yeah. What was the aggressive? I'm sorry. What? They're more aggressive. I'm just basing Ooh, it on God. their boxing credentials. God, yes. Um, so Ukrainian football is a lot less intelligent. Like they don't, they don't have the same. Um, or I'm not going to say all of them, but <laughs> in in all general, there was a little bit less football IQ uh, that you would see, like in uh, in Germany or 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 even down here in Spain. Uh, but they go absolutely 110% every every snap they play. And dudes can hit down there. Like, <laughs> like they hit. So you'd say they have a bit of a tougher mentality there compared to Sweden maybe, but they're definitely. lacking a bit in football knowledge. Yeah, definitely. They're, Ukrainian, Ukrainians are a, a tough-nosed people. Man, like they, they're tough. Um, they hit really hard, and and they go they go all out every game. So, if which is more fun to play, Swedish football or Ukraine Ukrainian football? Oh, that that is a good question. I mean, for for me as a football player to try to like pursue a career, uh, Swedish football is a better fit for me because. And, and this is something that Swedish people don't really know, but Swede, Swedes are pretty good at football, like in general. We have a lot of talents, but, and like around the Stockholm area is a lot of talent, like a lot. And um, I think, I still think the South is kind of untapped territory. Yeah, there's no scouts down here. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, but we have a lot of talent coming from the South. Uh, like um, Noah Alston uh, out of Kirkwansa just signed with Istanbul Rams for this year. Yeah. Absolute monster. Like physically, absolute monster. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Funny part yeah. is he grew up playing quarterback. He did not actually play cornerback a lot when he was younger. Damn, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, he played mostly quarterback when he was younger. He played a, b- a bit of DB as, like, two-wing, but he played mostly quarterback. Yeah. So, for, for me, as uh, a guy trying to pursue a career, it's more challenging for me 
to play in Swedish American football. Uh, so if I'd have to choose between the two, I'd probably go, um, I'd probably go Sweden just because of the, uh, the com competitiveness. Um, but Ukraine is not a bad place to be, especially Kiev. I definitely fall, uh, fell in love with that city being there. Isn't it really cold there? I mean, winters are, winters are cold, but when I, when we played, it's like in the middle of summer, it is gruesome playing in like 32 35 degree blistering sun yeah a, a bit of a geography lesson kiev is located very far inland so in those sort of areas you normally get really cold winters and really hot summers yeah so the the time i was there it was great weather but it's very very hot to play in it Without getting personal, how did you get in touch with the coaches there? Uh, it seems so like a weird place to be contacting people. It is. Uh, and a, a big part of how I got out uh, in Europe is actually through uh, a very good friend of mine, Alpha Jello. Uh, he's been a really good friend, like um, coaching me up uh, and getting my name out there a little bit, get people to, to look at my tapes. Uh, so, yeah. That, that's basically how I came out um, in, into Europe and uh, to uh, coach Alfie. That's through Alpha Jallo. Did he play in Ukraine too? Or he was a former no. coach? No, he's just a, a super connected guy. He got like, he knows coaches all over the place. Um, so, no, he never, he never played there. I know he played in Hungary or something, or Romania. He played in Romania for the Bucharest Rebels uh, and actually ended up winning the championship with them uh, last year. We're trying to get Alpha on the show, so don't spoil more, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, was that last year? That was last year, yeah. So he played in three different leagues in one year. Yeah. He did. <laughs> and he plays in Spain Okay, so after Ukraine, after the fun experience you had there, mm -hmm. you came home? Yeah. Or home home? Yeah, I went straight back home and basically jumped straight into season uh, with uh, the Helsingborg Jaguars. Is it the Helsingborg Jaguars or Red Bucks? Can we get it out here straight? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I'm confused. When we went from AKB and moved into Helsingborg, the senior team, I'm, I'm talking about senior team now. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one year uh, where we went under, under Red Bucks, uh, but Red Bucks originally was for the youth team because uh, they kind of like combined the Limham Griffins, the uh, East Star Rockets, and uh, the Helsingborg Jaguars. And like out of respect, we... we uh, we created like a second team to Helsingborg Jaguars that was called the Scania Red Bucks. Um, and the first year we had a little, a little bit of a, uh, a conflict there uh, that some of the AKB guys don't want to like move into Helsingborg because they wanted to, they felt like um, they'll lose the AKB mentality and feeling and, and the culture there. Uh, so we went one year under Red Bucks, uh, and then we said, like, 
from after that year, we're going to be Jaguars. So Red Bucks is Jaguars, but it had like a year where we try to like please everybody. How many Ikebu guys, like Ikebu original guys, are still playing, but now with Hessian Boy? Ooh, that'd be every player that hasn't quit football. Because Ikebu as an organization is still there, but they don't have any active teams at all. Yeah. Um, but th there's a few. I would say about maybe um, – Seven to ten guys that they used to play with the uh, AKB, but like the true originals, that would probably only be Nicholas Anderson and you and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we've been talking, me and Andre, about that. How many imports did you have on defense the last on, year? The body? On defense, there was two. Yeah, we had um, two brothers, the Knight brothers, uh, absolute great guys, uh, love them to death. Uh, so it was Tio Knight who played outside linebacker for us. Uh, he broke his foot? No, no, no. That's uh, uh, that's a local player, uh, Emra. Uh, yeah, first game against the. Uh, oh right, that that was brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I can't unsee it. Uh, my eyes are bleeding. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy I didn't actually see it, but I, I saw the play and I obviously heard about what happened. It happened, I, it happened I, over me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Guess who it was that landed on his leg? Was it you? He's present. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Bit of an unfortunate friendly fire there. Did you get him flowers? <laughs> Man, I did. Uh, or a new career? <laughs> a new career. Uh, yeah. Um, so you only had two imports. Yeah, we had two imports on defense. It was Tio Knight. Uh, he played outside linebacker for us. Uh, and then his brother, Alex Knight, who um, who played uh, in um, in Canada before he came to us at a university there, uh, and he played cornerback for us. Oh, wait, you had a – didn't you have an inside linebacker who was German also? Oh, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. So that that's kind of a funny story. There was um, uh, the, our middle linebacker, uh, Leif, uh, he, he used to play uh, many years in uh, GFL 2. Uh, but as his girlfriend uh, studied in – in Lund in Sweden, he kind of moved with and saw a guy from the team just bringing pads to, to the gym and he asked. So he just kind of like slid in. So he wow. wasn't actually like on a contract. He just ended up being yeah, there. Yeah. That must have been an awesome find for you guys to just have a guy stroll in. Oh, I played GFL too and I realized there was a football team yeah. here. And it was like five, six years of GFL too. So, I mean, dude was an absolute beast. Like his football IQ was huge. Um, and man, he would, he just kept making plays everywhere. Next season, we'll see Tom Brady on a vacation in Helsingborg. That <laughs> you never know. For some reason. You never know. 
listen, with your head coach, actually, you never know what gets these guys. That is the truth. Uh, Greg Gibson is – I love playing on, under him. Like, he's a great coach. I love him. He's an awesome dude. Every inter- interaction I've had with him, he's yeah. a really nice dude. Absolutely. And uh, he, but and he always have like 5, 10, 15 balls in the air. Like he always got something going on. He's so much fun when he coaches U15. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he can't get mad. <laughs> so it's so much fun. Yeah. And everybody who knows Coach Gibson, he, he is a passionate guy. He loves football and he, he can get he can get pretty heated sometimes. <laughs> He almost squared up with Limham's coach <laughs> at a U15 tournament. Oh, what, wait, U13 tournament. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the heat of the moment, guys, like that, uh, football is an um, emotional game now. Yeah. I, I mean, I have yelled, yelled at refs as a coach relentlessly at like a U15 game a few times. It's, it, it happens. It happens. No, they're literally almost squared up. <laughs> like I had to pull people off. <laughs> uh, Fun day. <laughs> and you had two imports on office on that team, right? Or was it more? Or two and a half with Alpha? Yeah, so Alpha ended up not... He played like one quarter for us uh, away against Krakowska. Uh and shout out to Axel for that. <laughs> yeah. Our center. Yeah. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, a quarterback, uh, Chris Jeffrey Griggs. <laughs> and he played in Hungary before. A quick question. Yeah. Is he a, a nice guy outside the field? Because he's an ass on the field. Sorry. <laughs> I can say it to his face too. But he's he talks so much shit. Uh, so Chris, great guy. Like, I, I genuinely like that guy. He 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 is a great guy, uh, but he is very American in his play style. Uh, he he his he runs his mouth a lot. Uh, he's very passionate and he's very very confident in his ability. So yeah, he 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 runs his mouth, but like, like he is a great guy, honestly. Yeah, I th- I think he's great outside the field because he's he's it's too so much on the field. It's just so competitive, you know. Like he he will do absolutely almost anything to win. Like he, he will he will play all the angles and like he would he would do what's necessary to win. That dude is he's he's a dog man. He he gets he's shifty. Oh man, he he there he is a lot. It, it- it was so weird hearing him on the field because you never really hear quarterbacks talk smack like that. Yeah. So when he came up, it came along. It, I think our entire defense was really confused. Yeah, he's a he's a passionate, passionate, competitive guy, man. Like he gets after it, and when he gets into it, like when when he like uh, set, sets his mind to something, like he he gonna get there and he. He do not care who he offends. Like it's football. Like, yeah, he he embarrassed me pretty hard once. He told the tackle, "Let one go." I had number one. He t- said, "Let no more go." I got him. Then he threw a touchdown on my head. 
Sunday. Side. That's not okay. The DB <laughs> did not do his job. Uh, oh, blaming it on the DBs now, are you? I'm the, I, I, he released it really quick, so it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Even though I'm 6'6", six, six, I couldn't jump and catch it. So your your guys' uh, season last year with Hessing Boy, it started off okay, but then it sort of dwindled at the end. You had two disappointing games yeah. to finish off the season. Yeah. What happened within the team those last few games? Because you played in a bunch of close games, and then the last two games you weren't really all that competitive. Yeah. Uh, so that was um... – that was mostly like uh, an organizational thing because uh, uh, Greg, um, we, we only had two coaches. We had Greg and, uh, and Matt Simeon uh, as a line coach. And uh, uh, we, we had a couple more like uh, um, positional coaches, uh, but we didn't have a DC for starters. Uh, that was basically me call, calling all the plays. And it, it's very hard to see it uh, when you're out there and got to think about everything else going on. So you were a playing coach. I was play. Uh, I wasn't officially a coach, but I I was calling all the plays and and all that kind of stuff as well as well as playing. Yeah. Damn. Uh, and I I firmly believe that's what happened against uh, against um, uh, you guys at Cripmonsta because your quarterback was an intelligent guy. He he. He picked us apart uh, our last away game against you guys. Um, so the, we, we were just understaffed, to be honest. Like uh, Greg and Matt uh, kind of running the show uh, by themselves. Um, it would have been a lot easier with um, with an, a true DC that can see it from uh, a different perspective than I see it. Um, and also, we had a couple of guys like getting hurt, like – Losing Emra, uh, the guy who uh, who broke his leg, that's obviously huge. He was a starting outside linebacker, um, uh, and he, he he's a he's a baller. Like so, uh, that hit pretty hard, and um, uh, we got uh, some people got ejected uh, and that kind of stuff. So so yeah, we we kind of like fell apart that we because we, we didn't have coaches we weren't very disciplined as players getting ejected and uh we had a lot of flags last year yeah you guys were probably the most hated team yeah i can believe it uh and i understand why too uh and that was a big subject uh uh a talking point for for our team that we were very undisciplined um uh we um we were running our mouths, not playing within the rules, and all these kind of stuff, uh, and we, which obviously we we have to work on this uh, this off season and uh, come back uh, this year more disciplined and and uh, play within the rules, obviously. Uh, but I can believe we were one of the most hated teams. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a bit odd to see. I think one of your players he managed to get himself ejected. Both games against us, Pihuansta. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. something you don't really see all that often. Someone managing to get ejected twice in a season. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. 
Well, he managed it, so. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. It is possible. We know it's possible now, yeah. Yeah. That was one of uh, your coach's main complaints at the U13 tournament. It was the day after the game we faced you guys. Yeah. So I told him, yeah, what happened like with your players? They said, yeah, they can't stop getting ejected. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to very much work on our discipline this uh, this off season and and uh, just play just play football. To be honest, anyway, you put it, you guys were like a new team because you combined two plus teams together. Yeah, um, usually so, the chemistry in those teams are not great the first season. So so that kind of that goes way back. Uh, the the AKB Helsingborg. Uh, Calfe goes way back. Uh, fortunately, it put to rest now. Um, uh, but yeah, this was the first year uh, the Helsingborg Jaguars had uh, a senior team. Um, so obviously, as a new, uh, as a uh, a young team and like a first year team, uh, we were missing like uh, uh, key parts of uh, of a um, productive uh, both offense and defense that we we're not very much in sync. Um, We don't have that chemistry, really. So, uh, so yeah, that that was challenges to uh, it was challenges to overcome, and uh, which we're obviously uh, this year to come back strong and compete this year. Yeah, you guys uh, got a new receiver, I think, and the new strength and conditioning coach. Yes, um, uh, a receiver, and uh, who's also a receiver coach. Uh, Bobby Vejas. Uh, I haven't met the guy really since I um, since I've been down here in Spain. Uh, but yeah, then we had a strength uh, a new strength and conditioning coach, uh, Desmond Cooper from uh, the Frankfurt Galaxy, and the Jaguars. And the yeah the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was there for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that exciting to get him to coach you? <clears throat> I think he's the DB coach, also, or no? Uh, no, I don't really know how to run it right now because I haven't been there uh, very much uh, since I've been down here in Spain. Yeah, sp speaking of that, how long does the Spanish season last, and how, how many games will you miss for Helsingborg before being able to get back to uh, Sweden? So it it depends. Um, Obviously, we're trying to make it to the playoffs and, and the championship game. And the championship game uh, is being played uh, in the middle of May. Uh, and if we don't, if we end up not making the playoffs, it's in the middle of April. Uh, so, so I don't so, really know how, I, I don't know the uh, the dates for, for the Swedish leagues. I don't know how much I'll, I'm going to miss, Billy. Yeah, I, th I think if you guys were not to make the playoffs, you'd probably miss the first two weeks still. Two weeks still. of the season. Oh, yeah, geez. because we're starting quite early in Sweden this year. That's horrible news, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting, uh, yeah, the weekend of uh, the 16th to 17th of April. Yeah. So Hilson Boy will only run man coverage until Jonathan is back in Sweden. <laughs> um, I I got faith in in, uh, in the guys over there, so 
you're probably going to see um, uh, some competitive guys out there. But yeah, it, but definitely. it's a bit of a a bit of a longer season this year. It's uh, eight eight game slate, so yeah, it's not like you're missing the full season by missing two games. Yeah, fortunately. Uh, but as looking at it right now, it's like we, we have a pretty good uh, shot at making the playoffs uh, here with uh, the Mercy Cobras. You guys, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys are two and zero so far, right? Yes, sir. Undefeated. Um, undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we ended up um, uh, making a big upset uh, over in uh, Las Rosas against, against the Black Demons, who was uh, a favorite that game. Because last year, Mercy Cobras went uh, one and seven. Oh, uh, already, already doubled last season's record exactly. or a win total. <laughs> yes. Um, and. Um, Las Rosas uh, was a, a powerhouse last year. Uh, so us coming uh, coming up to Madrid uh, and um, actually actually winning the game was a bit of an upset. Um, and then Potros, uh, the Fingerola Potros, they came, they, they provided a challenge to, to be honest. Like they were, they're a tough team. Um, uh, very tough guys to play against. Uh, but fortunately, our offense just decided to completely ball out and um, and yeah, your, ended up your team put up a 47 that game. Yeah. Um, and they were a challenge? <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, it, like game-wise, it wasn't that much of a challenge, but they were tough guys. It was a tough game, honestly. So uh, they were, it was they hard were, scoring 47 points. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> our offense just decided to, hey, we're going to show up right here. Um, the offensive line uh, did a hell of a job. Uh, our quarterback, Robert Kuda, uh, just decided to show both the arm strength and a set of wheels on him. That dude can run. Does playing so in Spain feel like a vacation? Well, playing playing abroad is never a vacation. Um, just I mean, it's a job. You still have uh, responsibilities, um, and you're always going to be the guy that um, the Has local players kind of look at. It's like, if if I mess up, uh, they're going to see like it's like you're going to be looked at a little bit differently since you're uh, you're on a contract. So you're expected um, to do good instead of like they're always, happy you did good. Yeah, you, always when when you're when you're uh, when you're on a contract to play somewhere, uh, you you have to perform every every game really. Every practice really. And and practice, you're you're expected to be the guy who who knows things, and when people don't know it, like they'll kind of look at you if the coach isn't around. So you, you kind of have to be a leader as, as an import player. So how has this uh, move to Murcia been for you? You've, uh, you've got a few of your former Hessian Boy teammates with you as well, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, Adrian Gutierrez, uh, he's local uh, here in uh, Murcia. 
he played last year with us <coughs> in Helsingborg, uh, and Alpha Jallo uh, also played in Helsingborg. But I got a fellow Swede here, uh, Rasmus Johansson, out of uh, uh, out of Tilsa Royal Crowns, playing center for us. Uh, and then there's um, another guy, uh, Thomas. Uh, he played in. Uh, he's from Belgium, uh, but played for um, the Stockholm Me Machine. So quite a few Swedish connections there, yeah, ending yeah, up yeah. in Murcia of all places. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So th did they contact you, or was it your former teammate that gave them your tape? Yeah. Uh, so uh, so Alpha uh, texted the coach here. Uh, Tim Bishop, and he reached out to me. He said he got referred by Alpha. <clears throat> so uh, he he ended up uh, texting me and, and see what we could work out. And obviously, it did work out. They gave you an offer you couldn't refuse. Exactly like that. I heard it's in a, like a ballpark of ten million a season. You don't have to say yes or no. <laughs> My contract uh, uh, does not allow me to uh, to give that information, but so we don't know if wow. it's ten million. <laughs> no, are the con are the contracts really that secretive? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, I thought that sounded a bit weird. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Um, but it's uh, it's not that close to ten million a season. It's a bit less. A, a bit, a bit less. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think most would assume that. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you guys have coming up next year? You have a game this weekend, right? Yes, this weekend is going to be a huge one for us, playing against the uh, Osos, uh, Rivas Osos. They've uh, for for a long time they've been uh, considered the uh, the powerhouse of the uh, of the uh, Eastern League. Is it East or South? I can't remember uh, how they split the uh, the divisions here. Valencia uh, is in the west. West. But, uh, so yeah, for uh, for our conference, uh, Osos have been considered a powerhouse, and they're considered a powerhouse this year as well. Uh, and basically, whoever wins this game has a a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. So this yeah, because because you two are both. 2-0 right now, so I'm guessing whoever wins that game has the fast track to a home game in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, we, we are definitely the underdogs in this one. Uh, Osos brings a lot of local talent, uh, as well as um, they got a, a Mexican the end uh, who who's tough. He's a big guy with, uh, with a lot of physicality. Uh, and then they have a Japanese uh, receiver uh, who who brings a lot of speed, and then they signed an American quarterback uh, now that is a dual threat, and that's going to be a that's going to be a tough one. You would be you would be busy this weekend. I will be. They brought I'm they brought in a full uh, world full world uh, world assembled roster from across the world here. That's yeah, that, that's fun. And the local talent out of Osos is 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 good. Uh, they're they're uh, overall a good team. Uh, they bring a lot of speed. Um, this is going to be a tough one. 
uh, we're definitely going to have to be uh, put put our best game on the field that uh, next weekend. How is the football in Spain, like compared to Ukraine or Sweden? Uh, so compared to Ukraine, it's a different world. Uh, Ukraine is very very physical. Uh, Spain is not as physical, but it's very very fast. These guys are fast down here. Grew up playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, they're not the the. They don't have many of like like the big big people. Like even on O line, it's not the the biggest guys you've ever seen. Uh, but uh, like receivers, running backs, most of them are very very shifty. Uh, so it's very, very fast paced down here. How's the fans are like, because we all know the soccer fans in Spain are crazy. Or... So <laughs> our, our home game against Potros, uh, uh, the referee actually had to tell the fans, so you have to like sit down because you're, you're being too loud. So it's a big sport. Wait, what? That, how, how is that even possible? A crowd can't be too loud. <laughs> so it was basically four or five people that were friends of uh, a guy in the team, and they were just like they were having a party up in the stands. <laughs> uh, so the head rep was like, yeah, he had so like, yeah, you guys sit down, like, um, you're being like super loud, and so yeah, they had to go sit down. <laughs> So the fans are are crazy. It's like even with uh, when we're up in Madrid against Las uh, Las Rosas, uh, we were still have like a good twenty people traveling five hours to to watch a game. So there are like a bit more fans than Swedish. Yeah, it's a bit more. Uh, yeah, more more than uh, than in Sweden for sure. Like down here, uh, and this was uh, so down here it basically never rains so as soon as there's there's rain here they they kind of stay indoors they do not want to come out at all and the game against potros was actually that that game was actually raining uh so the fact that we had about what could it be like maybe 70 to 100 people in the stands was amazing to the spanish guys <laughs> they were like wow people came out yeah. to watch when it rained yeah, it's, it's crazy. What is who is the best team in Spain? Like for last season, which team won the championship? Uh, so last season uh, was COVID season, right? So it got canceled. Holy! But um, the Barcelona Drags have won the last five or seven. Are the Barcelona Dragons now? Uh, no. So this is the thing: uh, Barcelona Dragons and the Barcelona Drags. Drags are not the uh, the same team. Um, uh, so it's just in the same area, like in the same city. But they're two different teams, which kind of like is kind of good for us this year because the Barcelona Dragons kind of eat up all the talent. So every like the, the really, really elite players of Spain kind of goes to the Dragons and leaves the Battle of the Drax, the Osos Rivas, uh, and these kind of teams. So there's been a, a bit of a coalescing of talent into the one ELF club. Exactly. Spain, exactly. Then. I mean, obviously, that's the uh, 
that's the goal to go full professional and get to play out in Europe. So obviously every every player wants to go to the uh, Barcelona Dragons, uh, and especially if you're from that city. Yeah, that that would only make sense really if you live in Catalonia and there's a an ELF team there. Then yeah. why not try try to go for it? Yeah, and for any import. Going to Spain, playing pro ball sounds like a vacation and a good dream. Yeah, you you'll be you'll be shocked though. Like they they run a tight program. You're expected to work out uh, once or twice a day for almost every day. So you have uh, gym workouts alone, like no, with the team, like uh, a scheduled uh, scheduled workouts. Uh, when you're at that level, they they can. They kind of run it like, uh, I guess, like a, a, a college team. You, you need to work out like this and this, like during these hours um, with uh, with full, uh, the strength and conditioning coach to be in there uh, with a program. It's like, it's it's demanding, man. Like you, you can't do that stuff for 15 years. That stuff takes a toll on your body. So it's not like Swedish football where you have practice twice a week, then have a good day. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> uh, I believe all the Swedish teams like that probably Stockholm or calls to have like one lifting session. Yeah, I think most uh, teams in the Super Series have a third practice as well. Yeah. Um, so, but I can't really speak to that. I know that the Predators, when we were in the Super Series for those three years, we had three practices per week. Yeah. But I mean, like even down here in uh, in the uh, Division One in Spain, we still have uh, two to three practices a week, uh, <clears throat> like two film sessions where we uh, go go through plays and uh, stuff we need to work on, and we we film every practice down here, and then we break it down, and then we we watch it as a team and um, and make corrections. That's that's awesome. That that's really really good because I I think that's something that's really lacking in uh, Sweden to a large degree to have committed film sessions. Yeah, and it's it's an absolute game changer uh, when you film your sessions and uh, and break it down, sit down, and actually watch it. Um, it just brings a whole different uh, level to the game when you're able to do that. I believe watching film is a hard sell for a guy who like goes to school full time or have a full time job. It's hard. It's hard to convince him. Like, yeah, you have to watch film of you practicing. Yeah, I mean it. It, it is, but uh, but at the end of the day, this is going to be uh, the difference of uh, being an import or have like a a good career and stay in uh, a minor minor club. Like Division Two, Division One, Sweden. That the difference. Like you gotta, you gotta want it and go the extra mile uh, for these things and to improve, improve yourself and improve your game. And seeing yourself on film is when you realize, like, geez, I need to work on my first step, or I need to work on uh, stemming my route, or whatever. Yeah, I I, I agree with that wholeheartedly that 
you get a lot better from understanding what you're doing wrong and what you do well on film. Yeah. Also, schematically, like being where you where you're supposed to be, and uh, 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 like you keep it keeping uh, yourself honest, like uh, with eye discipline and um, uh, like cheat steps and all the all these kind of things, like things that you do that you're not aware that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. What do you uh, think is your biggest strength as a cornerback or as a player? My biggest strength? Yeah. Um, I would say my biggest strength is um, I'm pretty um, fast uh, in um, multi-directional weights. Like I, uh, I have a pretty good time on uh, on three cone drill. Uh, I can get out of breaks pretty fast. But my absolute biggest strength would be that uh, my football IQ. Uh, I would say I, I can I can read the plays pretty well. Uh, seeing one thing, I I can almost kind of tell like what an, another guy is going to do from seeing one one thing. It's like we most most of the teams run concepts, right? So if we're going to see uh, uh, an entire O line like uh, uh, slide block, we're we're gonna we're gonna see probably an outside zone or, or something like it, right? So seeing that, it's like I can make uh, adjustments and uh, and trigger fast on things. Yeah, I, I think that's an underrated quality from, especially from a DB, to to be able to recognize what the offense is doing is really essential to oh, be able to God, play well. That that is key, uh, and we got to move fast too. Like you, you don't have fifty minutes to think. Oh, maybe they'll do this now. Um, yep. You need to know this stuff, uh, and also seeing like uh, wide receiver splits. Uh, if you come out in a three by one, uh, this, like this, the slots uh, split to the to the O line, all these kind of st uh, stuff like uh, makes difference. In, in, yeah, it, in an offense going to run, right? Yeah, playing in the secondary is really a difficult task because you have to be able to recognize what the offense is doing without really having any idea what they're calling yeah. so ha having those abilities to read what your opponent does is essential to your success on the as a db yeah and that 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 comes from film sessions man like that that is what uh, what we're why we we go through film and we spend hours looking at um concepts and um uh, videos and like all these kinds of stuff, like actually study uh, how to run uh, a, a cover four read defense. Um, all these kind of stuff, like it, it makes a difference, and that that is why we do it. Why we spend so many hours not in the field and not in the gym, just uh, just gaining knowledge and uh, and develop our football IQ. For sure. Okay, so before we wrap up here, we have a few questions that we like to ask every guest. Uh, okay. So we're going to let you answer these questions as well. Yeah. Answer, answer honestly, please, and to the best of your ability. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is, what is your favorite football concept? 
So by concept, it can be essentially anything, a passing concept, a run play, a coverage, uh, a blitz, anything. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, um, I have to say, I, I really, really like uh, a GT counter. Um, Explain, please. Uh, so a GT counter is basically um, a running back uh, running a counter. And then you pull both the guard and the tackle, uh, and everybody blocks. Uh, so I see a, a GT counter left. Uh, the whole left side of the line, uh, center guard tackle blocks to the right, and the guard and the tackle pulls and kicks everybody out, creates a huge gap, um, which kind of leaves uh, your running back to make a move on one guy. Really, that's that's a good. Uh, that's a good play in my in my head. I don't know a lot of teams run it. It's down here. I, I think Limham runs it quite a bit. Yeah, they do. They do, and they do it well, too. Yeah, I agree. They're really good at it. That, that's, that's a fun answer. We Getting a run play from a DB is actually <laughs> fascinating. Not biased. That's good. No. Okay, the second question. Yep. Uh, what is your favorite uniform? Which uniform is your favorite? Ooh. Like any team, any city, any town, any place? Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, I think that the Rams, um, the LA Rams uniforms are fire. I really like the LA Rams uniforms. God, I hate those uniforms. You do? And the Rams. I'm a <laughs> 49ers fan. <laughs> we all wish Andre the best. He didn't have a fun weekend last day. Nah. <laughs> he didn't have a... T- <laughs> He's having it, it was, it, it, it was very sad. <clears throat> okay, now to the Cincinnati questions. Yep. Remember, no bias, and you have to answer with yep. honesty. <clears throat> what position in football requires the least amount of skills? The least amount of skill. You, you can bring a guy from the street and tell them what to do, and they will probably do a pretty good job at it. Jeez. Um, that, that is a tough one because all of them requires skill. Uh, but, I mean, if I would... If I would choose one position that, that I could be without, um, I would probably you, – you can basically put uh, uh, O-lineman and put him at nose tackle and just say, like, go through this gap every play. <laughs> nose tackle, okay. Yeah. The, this is our uniform answer. Every guest had said the lineman. <laughs> yeah. My, my... My my favorite answer is still the first one we heard from uh, Coach Josh when he said that the guy who's a holder on kickoffs. Oh, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that, that's still my favorite answer to this question. That guy at least needs to hold the ball the right way, like with the laces on the other side. No stack, you only have to run. Yeah, but it's like. I'm not throwing any shade on D lineman at all, though. Like that—that's a tough, tough gig to play down there in the trenches. I'm so. a D lineman, by the way. Yeah. And Andre. Yeah, I've played a fair bit of D line. 
Okay, now to the fun question. Which position requires the most amount of skill? Ooh, um, this is uh, a good question. Um, physically, uh, like what, uh, what the position demands of you, I would say cornerback. So you, you have to be a, a fast dude uh, that can uh, flip his hips on in, in like a fraction of a section, second, man. Like it's, it's crazy how like the really, really good cornerbacks, uh, like physically, like I know all, Noah Olsen does this really well. He got great hips and great feet. Uh, and that's, um, that's a, all skill in, in its own to be able to do that stuff. I think I actually agree with you on that question because playing corner, I, I can barely fathom like the idea of lining up at corner and being able to have the athleticism to keep up with a fast wide receiver while also not knowing what they're about to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you if you really really dumb it down, you you have to do something that like uh, like a receiver nowhere is going right. As a cornerback, you don't know. He's doing it running at full speed. You're doing it backwards. Yeah. Cornerback in man coverage is probably the hardest thing to do on a football field. Oh, God, yes. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a tough And you don't thing. have, like, deep help, no safety. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. I'm going to let you know a little secret here. Uh, whenever a coach tells me to play off-man coverage – like playing uh, man coverage from like six yards deep. I say a quick little prayer. Like, I'll, 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 <laughs> that, that's a, that's one of the absolute hardest thing to do to play man coverage from from six yards deep. Because one you give, misstep and it's a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you give so much space. Like he gets space to do kind of what he wants. Yeah, he can make a a nice little move, and then the corners gone. Exactly. Totally out of the play. And it's, yeah. an, it's an option route. You are screwed because he doesn't even know <laughs> where he's going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would say cornerback for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a good answer, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, with that, we'd like to thank you, John, Jonathan, for uh, joining us today. Thank you for letting me in. Thank you for for having me on your show. And uh, we wish you the very best in for the rest of the season with uh, Murcia. Yeah, hope, thank you so much. Hope it all goes well for you guys down there. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see you in uh, Helsingborg during the season as well. Yeah, I'll see you there, guys. Or in the last parts of the season. So you exactly. can probably win it. <laughs> And with that, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify or Anchor. Bye-bye.